Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Hey, welcome listeners to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney, also the founder and CEO of Canafil, CBD. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Kimberly Rose. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming today. You're very welcome, sir. All right. We, I think we both feel this way. This is kind of the best part of our week. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It definitely is a nice closing to the week. We're, you know, dealing with all the things we need to deal with during the week. And then it's Friday and the show and we get to hang out and talk about CBD. And yeah, yeah we like yeah, it. Yeah, I have to admit, even the, uh, even the research, even the work that goes into it uh, is satisfying. But I think the best thing about this show is this opportunity to share. Yeah. And Kim and I get to connect and do that together. So, hey, I guess it's my way of saying really grateful I have this opportunity. Yes, definitely. Now, today we'll be discussing professional athletes and cannabis, and cannabis will include CBD and THC. Yeah. Hey, it's made the news a lot. Definitely has. And it started, it triggered, it was triggered two or three years ago uh, when the opioid, uh, opiate crisis really peaked. That's when it all started to uh, grab some traction. So, yeah. again, cannabis in the professional sports uh, arena. I was surprised to see um, there was so much conflict. I mean, I I understand that the philosophy way back when was, no, you should take this pill instead of <laughs> yeah. doing something natural, which I get, I get it. It was against the law, but um, it did a lot of damage to a lot of athletes. It has, and it still is. Yeah. Athletes, uh, professional athletes are in a unique situation because the one thing, um, and, and, and we'll see it through some of the stats today, but I mean, it, it's, a, it's a place where people get hurt a, a lot. lot. Yeah. And, and the thing about an athlete, when they get hurt, it's not like the boss tells them to either go home or stay at work. It's inside them. They have a drive to continue to play. Yeah, definitely. And it's I a mean, big drive. Well, I mean, it, just reading on how much they have to do to get ready to be actually show up to yeah. the big game yeah. um, is, is super intense. And yeah. you have to dedicate pretty much your whole life. Yeah. To that, and who's where's all the pressures coming from? Uh, they the pressures coming from the inside of them. That's how they're built, right? Uh, severely competitive, uh, and but if you look on the outside, there is pressures there too. Family, friends, coaches, all right, fans. So there's a lot of pressure in a lot of different places uh, that all tie to the same thing. When they get injured, or uh, when they have an injury, they still want to go play. So seeking treatment seeking an ability so they can perform in their sport is always an all-time high for them yeah uh, it's it's an occupation that is constant that's not the only thing 
the other thing that uh, really shown out, shown up a lot when we were doing the research on this this week was both stress and anxiety. Most of it due to the rush of the game. Yeah. All right. They step on the field. They're gladiators. They got to do their thing. And when they come off, it takes a while to come down from that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have perfect life. You can usually, you know, find your, you know, very natural and healthy ways to do that. But nobody has a perfect life. So, uh, you know, sometimes there's alternative uses, alcohol and uh, pharmaceuticals and recreational drugs. Those are all sometimes used as as just as self-treating this kind of an issue. Yeah. Right. Trying to come down off of that uh, big rush. Uh, The anxieties come with uh, the future of me in this sport am i going to get injured today yeah i mean you know? it really only takes one bad move and right and then the guy behind you is ready to take your spot constantly yes all right so that's a lot of anxiety uh and stress you know meeting the numbers these days that can be pretty stressful i'm sure yeah. there's a lot of pressure on them to perform yeah. a certain way yeah and then the pressure doesn't just stop at the field either Okay, there's, profe- there's pressure in practices. How about if you become a notable athlete, then there's pressures in the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's just pressure all over the place. Yeah, so, I mean, yes, they get paid well, um, but that, that's, a, that's a pretty big toll on your body. Yes. If, you, if you're talking about injuries, stress and anxiety, yeah. all of those things, and they're all compacted into... I don't know how long a professional athlete's career lasts. Some last longer than others, right. obviously, if you're playing baseball as opposed to football. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty stressful on the whole body. Well, and let's, let's talk about what's not, current, what's not currently working. What's not currently working are the solutions for, yeah. for, for the uh, injuries, mostly. Opioids. Yeah. Not working. Not working at all. Well, no, because they're they're so addictive. Oh, it's goodness. really just it's so easy to go. I'm just going to take this one pill, and I'm going to feel better, and I'm going to have a great day, and I'm going to have a great game. And yeah. it, I mean, it's just your brain saying you just you need that little pill. I need that dopamine rush. Yeah, it doesn't stop at opioids. Goes to alcohol too. Yeah. Hey, listen, all us pro pro athletes, we know better. It's a, a dehydrant. It's 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 just it over time. It really, really affects your performance. Yeah. So that's that's not working either. So I, it's it makes sense why all of these professional leagues are starting to consider their policies. You know, because right now that it's mixed messaging. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, uh, 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 right, mixed. Uh, all these uncertainties. Mm-hmm. You know, what if? What's going? All right. Should we just not test on the first? You know, should we not discipline? All those uncertainties and then the unclarity of the programs themselves. Yeah. You know, they're, they're uh, in a stage of reform, so nobody really knows what, really, nobody knows what to go. Well, we're just in a gray area anyway yeah. until, well, we want to say November, but now. We'll, yeah. Well, yeah. but currently we'll 33 see. states have cannabis as legal in one form or another. And that makes up almost 90% of our sports. 
yeah. uh, where they where they are playing at their home bases. Uh -huh. That means they're playing in states where cannabis is illegal, either medically or recreationally. Yeah, eleven states. It's recreational. So those eleven states, all those teams occupying in that state, mixed message. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Um, and again, some of them are looking at, yeah, mixed message. So this solution being natural and has potential to solve my two biggest issues. But the league's contribution to it is here's some opiates and here's some. Yeah, I have a long list of them, by the way. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, probably a lot of these big organizations, who's going to be the first to go, okay. We're going to allow this to happen. Right, right. Well, we already know who did that, so yeah. we're, we're going to get we're going to get to that. I do want to make a little note here, though, because there are plenty of pro athletes that are using CBD, but still they must remain tight lip about it because of all this, this uncertainties and such. But the note I wanted to make is, hey, this show is about CBD. We're not going to go to drama. We're not going to talk about who's using it and who's not using it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's let's take a look at what the current league policies are. Uh, and this is, you know, the professional leagues, the NHL, MLB, NFL, and NBA. Let's start with the NHL because they are probably the most laxed, but we also might say they are the most forward-looking. All right. So, uh, it, th this is where they stand. While the NHL tests for cannabis, there is no punishment for positives. If a player has abnormally high levels of THC, then it's treated as a matter of health care, much like alcoholism is treated. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so, and I think in that way, they can tell if you're doing, if you're actually smoking marijuana or taking marijuana as opposed to CBD because you wouldn't have those high THC levels if you're just using Correct. CBD. And what levels are we talking about? I was able to find those out too. It sounds like what triggers most of them is a test with a milligram uh, 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 potency of 50 milligrams of THC. Okay. So that seemed to be a number that just kept popping up over and over again was 50 milligrams of THC. Okay, and, now, that, and that's in a urine test, right? Yeah, whatever their test okay. is. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I know the answer to that. Um, I do know there's lots of layers of testing, and I would imagine they would probably go to the more sophisticated tests. Yeah. Yeah, more accuracy. There's a lot, lot on the line there. Uh, but I'm pretty sure four years ago, it was a 0%. Oh, sure. Right. So at least, you know, over the last couple of years, it's moved considerably. Uh, and I'd like to say the NHL, NH, the NHL <laughs> literally adopted this program as early as 2018, probably on the table 2017. Good. So, uh, again, I think they're going being very forward-thinking. MLB. Uh, MLB in December... MLB removed marijuana from its list of banned substances and now treats it the same as alcohol. Players do, however, remain subject to discipline for using or possessing the drug, and the league sent a memo to teams last week warning them not to show up to the ballpark high. Yeah. So again, I think they are also moving in a very similar direction, treating this like alcohol. You know, I go home and I drink beer or, or whatever. I have a couple of cocktails, but do not show up on the field drunk. 
Right, yeah. And do not demonstrate a health problem that will limit you, like alcoholism. Right. Right, because then your effects as a pro athlete are being compromised. So, good for you, MLB. This is where they went. Uh, how about the NFL? NFL, the proposed CBA. So, CBA is, uh, you know, the agreement between players. Mm-hmm. Uh CBA, which, uh, which players will vote on soon, hasn't been voted on yet to my knowledge, would dramatically reduce the testing window from nearly four months to two weeks, raise the threshold for positive tests from 35 milligrams, or I'm sorry, nanograms, so if I said milligrams, let's so 35 nanograms all the way up to 150. So let's just say that again, NFL, is considering moving the testing from 35 nanograms to 150 nanograms of THC and eliminate the suspensions for positive tests. On their third occurrence, a suspension can be up to 10 games. Wow. Huge. Yeah. Overall, the new new policy would increase the emphasis on clinical care punishment. Again, moving towards... If you're just drinking at the end of the night, one thing. If you're coming there drunk or you, ha- or you have a disease now of alcoholism, we want to treat it as such. Yeah. Okay. So social, u- so, so social use, moderate social use, is becoming more and more acceptable even to the NFL. All right. NBA, not so much yet. Marijuana remains on the NBA's list of banned substances. And players are subject to four random tests during the regular season, with punishment escalating from entering a drug program for the first positive test to $25,000 fine for the second and a five-game suspension for the third. And this can go to a 10-game suspension for the fourth. NBA. NBA. Yeah, Yeah. All right. So, what my guess? And I know, uh, you know, all these leagues like to operate on their own. But my guess is the pressure from the other three leagues are likely going to continue. They'll continue to feel that pressure. I think so. I think, again, I mean, it, it, it's a natural substance. It's, it's non-addictive. And uh, it's not going to hurt your liver. It's not. It's just not going right. to hurt your body. So, why? I understand definitely that we don't want you know anybody on the court or on the field under the influence in any way. Just like we don't want anybody driving. You know, you have other people that you're interacting with, so there could be a problem if you're you know high or drunk. Right. Um, so I. I I understand, just like we would if we legalized marijuana everywhere in the United States. We don't want our kids getting it. We want to put those limits on those things. You got to put limits on everything. Oh, just regular parenting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, but I, I, I still think that cannabis should not be given to, to. I don't. I want to say. I want to say twenty-one. Um, But that's because I have kids. Um, But I guess eighteen is is okay. But you're still developing that lobe. Anyway, we're we're going off track here. Well, (laughs) actually, it's not it's not a bad track because even for our uh, NBA players, right? If we think about this, and I have heard this, and so have you, Kimberly, from so many people. And here's the common way you will hear this: you put five guys together. 
and they have some drinks, it's likely they're going to go to the bar and start a fight. Yeah. You put those five guys together and have them smoke marijuana, they're going to raid the refrigerator, sit around, and try to learn the guitar. Yeah, right, or play video games. They're not going anywhere. They're not causing a problem. Right. Yeah. So, again, when I think about MBA, um, what is the risk here? They already have the, um, we're going out to nightclubs and starting drama. That's already going on. But if they switch that over to, oh, yeah, my players are getting fat, maybe that's an issue. (laughs) <laughs> raiding the refrigerator right sitting on yes. the couch watching tv all night stuff exactly. like that I'm, I'm being funny but i mean really really i know so I know. um yeah so they got a little bit of work to do and you got to know that uh when it comes to uh whatever the voting ballots both this year and next year or in the next uh ballot whatever those show up it's le- it's literally going to have an impact yeah on the policies they'll set with inside their organizations right again here we are waiting for november again now we're not talking about any college sports today because we're just talking about adults professional athletes cuz i don't know you know colleges again there you are well you're an adult in college I don't know. We cover the gamut today's show. It's got to be tough. Oh, is, yeah, oh, today's show oh, we're good. covering it at all. Okay. Uh, so, and yeah, let's let's get into some of the specifics, but let's first take a break for our sponsors. So, when we come back, we're going to dive into some research and some statistics that we were able to pull up. So, we will be right back with that. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. 
Hey, welcome back, listeners. Let's keep this conversation going. And while we were on break, Kimberly brought up a good subject. We always try to make our topics relevant, given what's going on during the, the year, during the time of the year. And this one was triggered because, you know, sports are coming back. So uh, our youth, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, our high school students or college, you know, they're starting to open the doors back up for sports. Certainly MLB is, is, uh, thank goodness they pulled that off uh, with the team negotiation is now decided to give us a short season. Uh, I, again, I, I really want to say kudos because I know that was challenging, but I'm really glad you guys pulled it off. Uh, so, yeah, we kind of timed it knowing that this was coming up. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, to be honest, we were going to do it back in, what, March? Back in March, yeah. spring training is huge in Arizona. Right. Yeah. So we had a good first front seat uh, on on all the, all the drama around this subject. But then, you know, everybody knows what happened. Yeah. But here we are. Right. Now, here we are. So, um, so interesting. Here are some of the uh, some of the things that were pulled up uh, when we did research on professional athletes and pain meds. Um, here's an interesting view on this: the the opioid problem. It usually starts with a sports injury. You know, athletes often get get hurt as a desperately as a desperately want to keep playing so they go to the doctor or have a surgery and they get Percocets and Vicodin and Oxycontins and they're prescribed and then the opiate addiction just starts yeah and it leads to an an imaginable personality changes criminal behavior yeah it's a mess it's Uh, definitely not something that you you want to have take over your body yeah and that's again like i said in 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 earlier it it's really in your brain because you're like okay i I can imagine as an athlete you're like i i I feel like i'm almost recovered and the doctor says i shouldn't be taking (laughs) these pain pills anymore but i got a few more so i'm just going to take one you know and then you just continually take one and then you take you know it's just it's yeah. in the brain it well i'd like i'd like to say uh, yes a lot of it is in that space yeah but credit to all of our people who are are struggling with this addiction i have to add it's extremely chemical too yes all right so the chem- chemical is very challenging that part is also very very challenging so and and i know this statistic has already been shared uh but back in 2017 uh they cited that nearly 60,000 americans uh suffered death from overdose oh all right Opioid addiction also affects kids in high school and professional, as well as professional athletes. So opioid addiction starts there, moves into college. Yeah. All right. Yeah. As Uh, soon as you get introduced to that drug. Yeah. Because if you think about it, um, it's estimated that 1.4 million injuries occur annually across the nine sports. At secondary school levels, college, mm-hmm. and about 209,000 injuries occur annually at the collegiate level. So let me say that again. 1.4 million annually 
Yeah. At the I secondary know. school level and 209,000 uh, at the collegiate level. All right. So think about that. How many times, how many opportunities a professional player now is approached with that decision? Doctor advises a prescription opiate or, you know, a lot of my friends are promoting CBD. Well, I think, uh, again, I always think that uh, anytime you can have a safe alternative, it's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's keep going. Professional athletes are among the five occupants that have more. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Professional athletes are among the five occupations that have more than 1,000 injuries per 10,000 workers. Yeah. Now, why do they call it workers? Because this data was pulled from the Bureau of Labor Studies. Because, you know, they consider that as a career. Yeah. Athletes, I, yeah. So 1,000 injuries per 10,000 workers. Yeah, that's a lot. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And there's only four other uh, it, there's only four other occupations that share that prize-winning <laughs> level. All right. Here's another one. Um, retired athletes are also at risk. So let me give you some numbers here. Among retired NFL players with exposure to prescribed medications during their playing career, 26%. Um let me see. Uh, let's see. 14.3% uh, of retired players report opioid use only as prescribed, whereas 11.9% reported misuse of prescription medication. So, retired players, that makes sense. Well, sure. I mean, listen, that you really don't have any restrictions on you then. You can abuse. And when you are a retired player, it is likely you've been beat up and banged up. Now you're at an age where you wake up in the morning and go, which area hurts the most? Right. And I'm sorry, this is everybody that gets to a certain age, but uh, professional athletes more so because they've been, they've really been tough on their body. So when they get to that place, yeah, because you can tell, I mean, even as a, you know, normal person here, <laughs> not a professional athlete, um, but if I hurt something, so I dislocated my elbow uh, way back when, when I was hiking and had an accident, um, that elbow hurts a lot more than the other elbow. So that arthritis is creeping in. The older I get, I can tell, oh, yeah, that's probably why that hurts, because I broke that finger or I... You know, strain right. that. Yep. Uh, here's another statistic, statistic come from, came, coming from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the American Journal of Public Health. Young athletes, especially in high-impact sports, have a higher exposure to prescription op opioids due to sports-related injury, injuries that non-athletes and those in other sports. So these youth may be in turn be at a greater risk for opioid misuse opioid misuse or addiction such as you know the opioids are you know prescribed by their coaches and their physicians and maybe in a little pressure from parents and such to continue with the sports because you know parents commonly will have aspirations for their their youth uh, athletes yeah I, I mean I always directed my boys over to basketball and baseball I just felt like football was 
Yeah, so I did a little research uh, on how ESPN looks at uh, some of the uh, leagues out there, mm-hmm. professional leagues, and their views uh, on cannabis and, and uh, injuries. Uh, how about uh, how about we start with this? You know, professional sports leagues are known to operate within their own rules and their own governances. Yeah. So uh, they really try to be in a bubble. So when they're making policies, you know, they, they are influenced by the outside, you know, by what's going on in government and, and normal society or and, you know, outside society. But the reality is they still try to operate within their bubble. Yeah. Uh, Annabelle. Uh, so, again, this was reported from ESPN. Uh, it was uh, Dan Graziano. And this was recent, March 2020. So the new uh, CBA, which is, you know, again, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, would eliminate suspensions for positive marijuana tests. We'd already suggest that. Limit the testing period to the first two weeks of training camp, but not any further. And then raise the threshold from 35 to 150 uh, nanograms of THC. The idea is to focus the drug program on clinical care as opposed to punishment. So basically, if you test positive, your test gets reviewed by a board of jointly appointed medical professionals to determine whether you need any kind of treatment or not. So the NFL PA deal memo also says that violations of law for marijuana possession generally will not result in suspension. So again, this was a memo directly from the NFL PA, which was part of this deal that I'm sure after the CBA was announced. Uh, So that's where the NFL is. Uh, March 2020, also reported by ESPN, baseball is spearheading common sense cannabis policy. Professional athletes, a typical bad day at the office might include a broken rib, torn ligament, or mild traumatic brain injury. So, it's unsurprising that drug use, both legal and illegal, is rampant amongst these modern-day gladiators. So, as cannabis legalization spreads across the U.S., professional sports leagues in the U.S. are updating their policies accordingly. So, players who turn up to practice or games or other league events visibly under the influence will be subject to a mandatory evaluation. Again, just treating it exactly like alcohol. alcohol. Mm-hmm. The league is also working with the NSF International, that's the, the people who do the drug testing, to develop testing and certification protocol for hemp-based CBD products such as topical creams and tinctures. So again, requesting that they identify testing that can give clarity. Yeah, we've always we've always wondered and did we did we ask the the test result girl if you can tell if it's if the THC comes from the hemp plant does it matter if it comes from the hemp plant or the marijuana plant? It THC is THC, right? Uh, it, it THC is THC. That is you are very correct. What a testing thing can do is two-part. So a more sophisticated test can tell you the amount of nanograms of THC. That is important because the human body then, there's a, there's a tolerance there. Right. And at some level past that tolerance uh, mark, then is psychoactive effects. Sure. Psychoactive effects then lead to, can't control a vehicle, 
poor sports, poor decision making, stuff like that. Right. Okay. And then the second uh, more sophistication is ratios. Right. You know, percentages of or percent. Yeah, right. Those uh, uh, are the second part of a more sophisticated test. So we also uh, dug into a research uh, paper. Uh, again, was very current. This was published June of 2019, University of Brazil. Cannabis use in active athletes, behaviors related to subjective effects. All right. This, the purpose of this, I thought was very interesting. It appears, and this is a, this is a fairly, fairly recent uh, study, so it appears that the International Olympic Committee consensus, consensus statement on pain in elite athletes concludes with further research and increased consistency in measures and methods across studies are needed to better understand the incidence and prevalence of pain medication use in sports and the benefits and risk of various various pharmacological and non-pharmacological treatments and their combinations for specific specific pain presentations. However, their discussion about pain management in athletes does not include information about cannabis, hmm. but yet has protocols for use of steroid injections, anticonvulsants, antidepressants, opioids, do you see where they're going? Yeah. This is what triggered this. So current evidence, to, and, and this, is their, this is the statement made by the International Olympic Committee. Current evidence does not justify the use of cannabinoids for pain management in elite athletes. Research is needed to determine the statements. this statement's validity is the purpose of this study because they said that current evidence does not justify the use of cannabinoids for pain management in elite athletes. Quote from the International Olympic Committee, who, by the way, has protocol for the use of steroid injections, anticonvulsants, antidepressants, and opioids. Yeah, that's, <laughs> come on, guys. I know. Stop. Stop the madness. That statement, uh, that whole thing rocked my world when I read that. Yeah. All right. So these guys put a, uh, a study together. Uh their, their, uh, their idea was to analyze and identify three statistically distinct cannabis users first. Uh, the three that they selected were, or the three groups they've put everybody in were older athletes who primarily use medical CBD, mixed-aged athletes who use cannabis mainly recreational with both THC and CBD use. Okay. And we're talking about athletes, so I'm Pretty sure they knew the value there. And then finally, the third group was mixed-aged athletes who use cannabis the longest with primary THC and CBD use. The demographics were this. They pulled 1,274 athletes. Uh, the majority were male, 40 years old or older, Caucasian, and participated in three primary sports. And these were the sports they were going after. And I, didn't, I couldn't tell you why they didn't say. Triathlon running and cycling and everybody had to exercise either more or, or greater than five days a week so that was a requirement minimum five days a week training uh or they weren't included in this test gotcha i really just wanted to share um 
you know, pain was pain was the big thing. Yeah. I wanted to share what their outcome was. So the study showed three subjective effects, uh, meaning they were trying to assess in these three areas: well-being, so that being injuries and inflammation, calm, and we call that anxiety, and then minimal or no adverse effects. No minimal or no adverse effects. Okay, here it is. Athletes who use a combination of THC and CBD exhibited the most benefits to well-being and calm with minimal adverse effects. Yeah. No shocker there. I know, but it, it's just keep coming up over and over again, all the clinical stuff we read to you guys. So anyway, 1,200 athletes. Uh on this study, athletes uh, who use the combination of THC and CBD exhibited the most benefits. Uh, and they closed with their statement, uh, our methodology can be used to develop real-world evidence to inform future use of medical cannabis products. And I'm pretty sure they're doing these studies because my guess is all of our professional uh, leagues uh, are, are probably using stuff like this to help to... Uh, support their newer policies yeah, and their position in this area. Right. Because, I mean, I just, I guess, obviously, the plant was taken away, so that's why everybody is just not getting on board. Yeah, everybody right, still right. feels like, everybody still feels like, I don't know, what's the movie Up in Smoke uh, with Cheech and Chong? You know, I mean, how do you... How can you argue that this is not a good thing for your body? Right. You just, it's like, I don't know how to say this to you that, you know, I had a customer come in the other day. He goes, well, I don't want the stuff with the THC in it. That's bad for you. <laughs> right. Like, okay, you don't have to get the stuff with the THC, but I'm telling you it's not bad for you. But right. here, here I have yeah. this other stuff. <sighs> I know, I know. Yep. So sometimes, you know, it takes a while. And, and talking about Cheech and Chung. We're currently working through with the PR team for Tommy Chong to be on our show. And I hope that happens fairly soon. Uh, super excited to be able to share a conversation with us yeah. and Tommy Chong with you listeners. I'm sure you'll be, you'll enjoy that. Yes, uh, very so entertaining. I'm sure we're in the final stages of that. So come on, Tommy Chong, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I uh, hope that th those stats were helpful. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the future sports and CBD. So, after this break, we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. If you are a pet owner, you know there's a special connection between us and our pets. They are part of the family. 
The owners of special breeds also understand the important roles they play. Tune in for Greyhounds Make Great Pets to find out more about one special breed. Hosted by Rory and Kathy Goray, along with TJ Beter, we'll focus on greyhounds, but we'll also cover topics that apply to any pet owner, like animal welfare issues, racing, and more. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. All right. Welcome back, listeners. All right. Let's continue. CBD and pro athletes. Now we're in the future. What's coming down the pipe? Where is this going to go? So, I think, and, and correct me, uh, Kimberly, I think right now we have 11 states that are recreational. Mm-hmm. Um, we have 33 that are medicinal. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of states. A lot of states allowing cannabis use. So, what we have coming up first, I guess, is the November ballot. Yeah. And... So if I if I take a look at the November ballot and share the things that I know and we have learned, uh, we'll split them up between federal and state. So on the federal side of the house, uh, and and really that big issue would be the descheduling of cannabis, which would include marijuana and and hemp. Okay, just completely descheduling it. Well, I think uh, it's interesting that uh, what happened during the COVID crisis uh, that really kind of had a impact on the federal's the, the, the federal's timeline on this issue. It got compressed, mm-hmm. so they cannot just keep putting it off. And you know what it was? It was the dispensaries being listed as essential businesses. Right. Right. There is no way that the federal could the federal uh, fed, yeah, the federal government wasn't looking at it going, oh yeah. Oh, right. We had to agree to that. We had to put them on that list. All right. So dispensaries being on the essential list, essential business list, uh, is by in fact compressing the line the, the timeline in which the federal government needs to react, needs to do something. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I thought that was a very positive move. Yeah, I know. And I read up on the why. Why isn't it? Why isn't it out there already? Why aren't? Why aren't we talking about it more? And the two things that are being dealt with are taxes and who's going to be in control. Well, isn't that always <laughs> the way it is? Isn't it? Yeah. So literally, I, well, here it is. So. Our government is not looking at this from a, oh, my God, this is a gateway drug and you're going to be on heroin next. Right. Our government is only tripping over economics. Yeah. All right? Right. Okay. None of them. None of them are having conversations about, oh, my God, people are going to get high and and then burn down buildings. Nobody's doing that. No, it's all about the, the almighty dollar. Right. Right, right, all right, and the power play of who's going to be in control. 
Yeah, because whoever is in control, well, that's just a normal government function, you know. Right. They, they get, uh, you know, do what they need to do with the money. Okay, anyway. So, uh, listen, I know that's that's coming up. I can tell you, honestly, I do not see anything on this November's ballot yet. Uh, I see some discussions of it about being moved into next year. I see, right? So I, I can't, I can't tell you. I know. And that's on the federal level. That's on the federal level. Oh okay? no! Really? So we're still working on it. Okay. Um, and it may not show up on the ballot at all. It may be something that whoever the president's going to be will move it into uh, his his wheelhouse. Okay. Or her wheelhouse, you know, nowadays. However. Yes. All right, so uh, that's where we see the federal side on the state side. So on the state side, you know, uh, outside, you know, we already have, you know, a bunch of wreck. Uh, so they don't have anything to do. But the medical people, uh, the, the states with medical cannabis use still could move to recreational. Uh, so let's, uh, let's review the states. And how I want to do this is break them into three groups. And here are the three groups. And these are all states who have a a ballot or want to put a ballot uh, on the uh, on the table for cannabis. Uh, so in three groups are going to be this legalization measures already on the November 2020 ballot. Second group is legalization measures fighting to make the November 2020 ballot. And finally, legalization measures punt it to the 2021 elections. Aww. All right. And maybe states. So. Well, hopefully there's only a couple of those. Yeah. Right. Well, let's, let's walk through them real quick. So legalization measures already on the November 2020 ballot include New Jersey and South Dakota, both recreational. And then Mississippi and South Dakota. Oh, also, I, I, I didn't even pick up on that. So South Dakota has both medical and recreational. I forgot. They were the one state that had nothing. Yeah. So they're going for both. So it sounds like to me South Dakota, one way or the other, is going to get cannabis. Uh, and then the other two are, again, New Jersey is recreational and Mississippi is going for medical. All right. So, um, and by the way, none of those have any listed opponents. Yay. All right. So it looks looks good. All right. How about legalization measures fighting to make the November ballot, the this year's ballot? Uh, we have Arizona on there for recreational. Uh, they are... They have 237,000 signed petitions, but they've not filed them yet. I'm just giving you an update on where they are with that. Um, Arkansas, also recreational, and they got 90,000 signatures, and that's what was needed. So they should be good to go, I guess. Let me see here. Oh, maybe I do not know. 90,000 is what's needed. I don't know how many they have. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I apologize for misstating that. Montana, going for recreational. Woohoo! Nebraska, going for medical. Now, in order for uh, Nebraska to get it, they need 121 signatures. I'm sorry, 121,000 <laughs> signatures. <laughs> um, yeah, they'd really want that. If they only needed 121 <laughs> signatures, man, we're, Nebraska's getting it. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Uh, North Dakota, uh, also recreational. And then Ohio, recreational. Ooh, look at this number. 
In order for Ohio to get recreational, they need 443,000 signatures. Wow. 443. Why? Why? I'm just going to ask a silly question. Why does uh, the numbers differ? And why is there such big gaps? Like, yeah, yeah. Why, why isn't there just one uniform number for all states? States coming together and making their own policies. Oh, they gotcha. feel, that's, that's what they feel. They want to know. They want to know what does the largest section of the population, how are they feeling about this? So when we make a decision... We're close to the the majority. And and does your does your your document doesn't say how much Arizona needs? Yes, Arizona needs two hundred thirty seven thousand. Oh, okay. So they we don't had it. They have those numbers. They oh. just haven't reported them yet. Okay, I see. Okay. Right. So almost half of what Idaho needs. Yeah. Or I mean Ohio needs. Um, let's go to legalization measures. Punt it to the twenty twenty one elections, oh. and these include Florida for recreational. That surprises me. Me too. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, like I'm sure Florida. I'm, for, I'm sure you can use the tax dollar, the tax revenue. So they already have medicinal there. I know, but so, recreational is huge. Well, yeah, and, and yeah. again, for, I, I, I would from from a tax revenue I, spot. Yeah. yeah, I would call Florida also forward thinking, but yeah, I think they are too. Anyway, Idaho medical medical use. Okay. Missouri, recreational use, and Oklahoma, recreational use. Okay? So those have all been punted. So if you're in Florida, Idaho, or Missouri, or Oklahoma, yep, you already know. You're, 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 if you are traveling to those states, probably good to know that right. they've not, where their position is. And we had that conversation uh, a couple of shows ago, uh, traveling, you need to know these things. Right. Right. So why don't you go ahead and keep an eye on uh, these specifics as we move into post-ballot time frame, you know, into November and December, so that when you are traveling, by the way, if that ever really opens up this year, uh, you know where you're going. You know know what the deal is when you have CBD or um, cannabis in your possession, what state you're heading to. Uh, Let's keep going. Let's... um, Let's share with you our experience on product selections if you are an athlete. Now, now we can move towards professional athlete or, you know, just the general people at home trying to stay fit or your high school uh, athletes or, you, or your, uh, uh, your, your second level school athletes, you know, colleges and such. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So we have knowledge. We have knowledge that CBD impacts areas athletes really need, and that is it's anti-inflammatory. Yes. So inflammation is not the best thing for athletes. Slows down recovery. Uh, mostly. That's the biggest one. But it can also create injuries when your areas of your body are already inflamed. They can be more prone to injury. So... Huge, huge fan in CBD reducing uh, inflammation. The other is once you have incurred an injury, now you need to recover from it. And two parts of recovery are important here. One is pain. Mm-hmm. 
athletes, I know you're tough. I get it. I, you're right. We all feel that way. We can handle this stuff, but who wants to? Because it affects your sleep and your mobility and so forth. So anyway, pain and then inflammation, reducing that inflammation so that uh, your system can work correctly to make the recovery happen. All right. So given those two, let's talk about what we know. The two ways to deal with inflammation is going to be internally and externally. So internally, you're going to do it with tinctures. It's it's probably best to keep a regiment going daily to keep your endocannabinoid system operating correctly, which means uh, a dose of CBD on a uh, you know every day. Yes. All right. Helps reduce uh, inflammation. Yes. Or helps keep it in check. I'll say it better that way. Helps keep it in check. Now, once your athlete has an injury, now you can treat it both internal and external. And here's what we have learned. We have learned that sometimes tincturing is not enough. Mm -hmm. But direct application to where the pain is or where the, the injury is has been notably successful. And the higher amount of CBD in that product applied topically to that area, the more effective when the pain level gets really high. Yes, definitely. Yeah. You want to hear something, uh, again, we're experience sharing here, uh, is that we had a client and he had extreme pain, fused fused vertebrae in his lower back, hardware applied, all this such. And he tried our topical, uh, first he tried tincturing. So, and a fairly good dose of it too. In that neighborhood of 60, 70 milligram uh, per dose, uh, not much help. Then he went to a topical CBD cream, pain cream, roughly 500 milligrams, and put that in that area. Good, good results, moderate pain relief. But then he tried a tincture product that had 4,000 milligrams in the bottle. So he used in the neighborhood of about 80 milligrams of CBD applied directly to the skin in that area. It was just a tincture. It was just an, a, a, the carrier was, was MCT oil. Mm-hmm. But that concentration of CBD and that carrier oil delivered, uh, rubbed onto his back for a minute worked tremendously well. Yeah. All right. So just wanted to share that. Uh, anything you've learned uh, over the years? Well, that's uh, that's that's really the the the, the gist of it. You, right. I I use my topical every day. Yeah, topical has shown over and over to be a good resource. Yeah, and you yep. just don't need that much. You put it right on that area. You give it a good massage, and you are going to feel relief. Yep. Now, uh, if you're injured, yes, tincture also because you want to have that recovery period. You want your body in homeostasis. All right. All right. Okay, listen, that was a great show today. Uh, It is a wrap uh, for today's show. When we uh, come back next week, you'll find uh, we'll have a CBD and pets, health, wellness, and cancer. So make sure you tune in next week. Uh, Again, I want to thank you listeners. I really appreciate you becoming educated on CBD. Uh, Always interested in expanding our reach, too. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a review. All right, this is uh, Ed from the CBD Ed Show saying thank you. And Kimberly? Everybody have a great weekend. And here we are, raising your potential. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Edward Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be here soon.